With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ivanice, a.k.a. La Sicaria, a.k.a. the baddest bitch in the building from Lucha Underground. And you're listening to the Oversell Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 98, and we are looking back at all things professional wrestling. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Um, Dan. You both went at the same time. (laughs) Well, it it sounded staggered on our end. (laughs) Yeah, it sounded fine for us. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to episode 98 of the Oversell Podcast. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at OversellPodcast, Facebook.com, slash Oversell Podcast. The website is www.OversellPod.com. And while you're there, check out the Amazon link. It is shopping on Amazon like you are going to do anyway. You're just helping out this podcast. We get a small commission on anything sold through that link. So head over to www.oversellpod.com and check out the Amazon link. Dan? I am at one dangerous Dan on Twitter, and I'm Dangerous Dan Matthews on Facebook. At WolfMike23. So uh, a lot of stuff going on in the wrestling world this week. Um, they had we had Extreme Rules Sunday, and what's bad is I cannot remember what happened on that card. I watched it, but <laughs> I, I cannot remember what happened on that card. Uh, Bailey and um, and uh, Five Feet of Fury, or whatever like- the hell her name is, um, had a match that was <laughs> horrible, and you know just. There's something wrong with Bailey on the main roster. I, and I, she should be connecting, but she's not, and it's not clicking. Now, is she just like a smaller crowd type of character to where she she's only going to be big in places like NXT or Ring of Honor or stuff like that? What do you guys think? Overrated. Yeah, I think I think people are expecting a lot more out of her than she can give, you know? Um, and plus you got to remember everybody was like balls to the wall in NXT, but when they come to the main roster, they always pull, they always throttle them back, you know, because when you come to the main roster, you're doing it, you know, day in and day out. You can't pull all those moves that you were pulling in NXT just to wow people and get them on your side. So I think the fact that she's come to the main roster has hindered her. She's, she, it's taken away from her move arsenal. And what she's capable of doing in the ring, not not so much as what she's capable of, what or, or as much as that they're letting her do in the ring. You know, now is we got to remember, you know, she's been doing like Iron Man matches and stuff like that with Sasha Banks, and was doing like Hurricane Ranas from the top rope. You know, and I have yet to see her do one on the main roster. Now let me ask you this: If Bailey was on SmackDown. If she came to SmackDown on the Superstar Shake-Up or whatever dumb shit that was, um, would she be getting different reactions? Yes. You think so? Absolutely. I think SmackDown is booked entirely different from Raw. Yep. And, I mean, it it just, SmackDown's more captivating. Yeah, I agree. You know, I don't know what the deal is with Raw, you know, or... You know who the, the here's who the, the difference. person is that's holding raw down as far as booking wise. Here's the difference. It's this. It's you know. It, I'll tell you the difference. It's Vince McMahon is not as involved with SmackDown as he is Raw, and that's why the product is totally different. That is true. It's it, that it, is true. I mean, you have more. You have former NXT writers over there on SmackDown, and it, that to me, it's just. It's like you said. It's the more captivating show. Um. 
and Raw, it seems like their ratings each week are dropping. And it's because this 70-year-old out-of-touch man is in control and will not relinquish his grip or change his product because he, what he thinks is doing is right. Obviously, it's not right if your ratings continue to drop. And you can use this whole, oh, it's the basketball playoffs, blah, excuse. You can use the whole, oh, it was a holiday, excuse, blah. No, it's it's when you put on a shit product, people are not going to watch. Look at the women's division between Raw and SmackDown. Which one has the more exciting women's division? Uh, that's actually tough to say right at the now. moment, but... <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's Smack, it's SmackDown without the sh- a shadow of a doubt. They're putting on better matches. They get behind their characters more. It's the land of opportunity on SmackDown. And it goes for... They're about to have a freaking money in the bank match for the yeah. girls. Yeah, and, and so. I love Nia Jax's tweet about that, but we won't we won't get into that. Uh, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know. This paper... It, I mean, it's... It, it, go ahead. It's obviously the land of opportunity if Lana just comes back and gets the title shot immediately. Right. <laughs> and she's never even she's she's only wrestled in NXT. She's never wrestled on the main roster. Yeah, she had the one like I don't know, probably thirty seconds of wrestling at that WrestleMania match a couple years ago. Oh yeah, but other than that, nothing on main roster. Yeah. What else? <laughs> did y'all... Going back to the Bailey thing, yeah, I ahead. still think she's overrated. I, d- I, I think don't... she had great matches in NXT because of who she was with. I see. I think the problem is how she's being used on Raw. Maybe now, I've said this for a while now, Bailey needs to go on a losing streak, and that's probably what they're going to do to build her up as a better underdog. Um, Her winning WrestleMania this year, I don't think, did any favors. I'll say it again. She should have lost this year. I think she should have lost next year and on her third WrestleMania. Against all odds, she pulls out the thing, and the crowd would have, I, I guarantee you, the crowd would have gone crazy when she won her first WrestleMania matches after winning two because then the promo now I know that's a you've got a three year that's a long three year plan for somebody but I think it's not right. I, I don't think it's bad booking I just think the way I don't know it's it's the booking that's killing her it's this you know it's this 50-50 booking that a lot of superstars I think suffer from in the WWE Well, yeah, the rest of the card pulled up if we wanted to talk about that because I do remember stuff about it. Well, y'all can, y'all can, whatever you can remember because I just cannot remember shit from this pay per view. I guess that's, a, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's just you watch the pay per view, then you get Raw was all right for two hours, then you get that third Raw that just drags you into the ground. And you know, I am happy that Samoa Joe is going to be facing Brock Lesnar, even if he is going to lose. But at least we'll finally get to see our WWE Universal Champion, even though he shouldn't have the title by now, being that he hasn't defended the title in 30 days. But, I mean, who's counting? You know, obviously not Vince, because we can just make a passe to the rules whenever we want to. Yeah. But well, at least... I I was excited about the uh, Fatal Five-Way. Um, that, was, that was the main match on the card that I wanted to see. Uh, the tag team cage match was pretty cool. Um, I thought that was very well done, very well timed. Uh, the finish of that was, you know, pretty cool. I thought, um, you know, and, um, those are really the only two memorable things that I saw, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the women's championship match was forgettable, you know, um, they've got that convoluted rule, you know, where, Oh, well, here's this kendo stick, and it's on a pole, and the first person to get to it can use it as a legal weapon. Okay. Well, I thought that meant that if Bailey gets the weapon down, she's the only one who can use it. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just me old school thinking, but, you know, it, from from the time that Bailey got it down, if Bailey dropped it and Bliss picked it up, then it was, you know... All of a sudden, it was fine for Bliss to use it. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a convoluted rule to me. You know, um, the way the like match. It's also like the tag team match of, you know, both people, both members of the tag team had to escape, but then 
once you were out, if you came back in the match, then both members still had to escape. Exactly. I mean, I, I can see where that kind of makes sense because, you know, just the numbers game, but it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it because the way it ended, Hardy should have won because Matt got out before, you know, everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, um, both I both have to be out at the same time. So, <laughs> you know, that's I, I like that rule. That rule is a little bit easier to understand than the weapon rule, you know. So the whipping on a pole rule, you know, I, right. I just never have gotten that where, you know, I, I'm thrown back to where um, I think it was Jake Roberts versus Sting. And it was a coal miner's glove on a pole match. And supposedly this coal miner's glove was all decked out with all, you know, it's metal and it might as well be hitting somebody with a cannonball if you're hitting them with this coal miner's glove is the way they put this over, you know? And it was the infinity gauntlet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're hitting somebody with the infinity gauntlet if you hit them with a coal miner's glove. Yeah. They'll just they'll just disintegrate. There'll be nothing left of them. You know, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, and they worked over this whole match and, and never once got that glove down until the end of the match, you know, and Jake was the one to get the glove down, but he, with the glove, he reached into his snake sack and got a snake out and, you know, was going to throw a snake on sting using the coal miners glove. He wasn't even going to hit sting with the coal miners glove. You know, he was just using it as a glove to be able to get the snake out of the bag. So, you know, I mean, and then, you know, that, that that to me, you know, is a wasted gimmick. The, the weapon on a pole match, you know, that was a wasted gimmick on the girls, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's a convoluted rule to begin with. And on top of that, it, it made for a terrible match. (laughs) So... But that's that's my thoughts on that one. I thought the Intercontinental Championship match was pretty good. It was a good way to start the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm I am uh, that's a new record uh, for the Miz, right? He, did he tie or break Jericho's Intercontinental record? Uh, He's got seven of them now. Know. Okay, seven. Okay, not yet. Then yeah. he's got two more to go before he catches. So, uh, Jericho's a nine time intercontinental champion. Wow. Yeah, I believe so. Let me look that up just to, so people don't call me out on the internet for not. <laughs> Chris Jericho. You don't want that shit. I see time. Don't uh, want that coming down. I really, I really don't care if the neck beards come after me. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Jericho, 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 Jericho. Let's see. Accolades, accolades, accolades. I mean, you don't have his accolades like <laughs> tattooed down your sleeve or anything. Oh, I'm afraid of needles, so I don't like tattoos. So, damn night, I'm not gonna have any <laughs> tattoos. Let's see. I WWE. Figured you would have printed them out and put it underneath that autograph picture. WWE Intercontinental Champion, nine-time Intercontinental Champion. Um. So yeah, Miz is catching up to him. Um. And he's been going off on Twitter. That's the only thing he's been talking about for the past uh, few days. And I think that's good, you know, bring a little kayfabe uh, stuff into Twitter. I always like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, Miz is, I think a Miz, the Miz is a great heel. I don't ever want to see him as a face again. He's just pulling it off great. I, I swear, anytime you put a microphone in front of him lately, it's just gold. You know, I could I I could listen to him just go off on everybody for forever. <laughs> it's like it's it is it's like a friggin' you know gold standard promo every time he picks up a microphone. You know, and and you know it, the crazy thing is is I fully believe that he's the one's right that's writing his promos. Either that, or you hopefully know, that, they're not just scripting out his promos and just telling him, "Hey, hit these points," because I think that exactly yeah so. Uh, and I've else? never even been oh, a big ahead. fan of Miz, but I'll admit that he is—he's doing his best work right now. I mean, over the past year, he has been nothing short of amazing at what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, 
Uh, anything else from Extreme Rules that you guys liked, hated, remembered? Because, like I said, uh, I, I remember. I really enjoyed the main event. Yeah, I did too. The Fatal Five Way was great. Like Samoa, like I said, I like Samoa Joe getting the win, and they're kind of building Finn up as a big underdog. He wasn't even on Raw the um, the Monday after, which I thought was interesting. Right. So it's interesting to see what they're going to do with him. You know, is he going to go into a program with Bray Wyatt, which means that'll definitely get him a win at a pay-per-view because we know Bray Wyatt can't win at pay-per-views. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was. I just – I don't know. You know, there's so much wrestling during the week that these Monday or Sunday night Raws become forgettable and then you watch Raw the next night and that becomes forgettable and then you got SmackDown and, you know, it's just – so much wrestling that the the crap just seems to go in one ear and right the out the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nothing's memorable, really. Yeah, you know? we're that's not getting. A, that's what's been happening a lot lately. We're not getting these moments where Stone Cold drives into a Zamboni, crashes into the ring, jumps off of it, and starts attacking Vince McMahon. These days, we're just not getting big OMG moments. Uh, like in the you know, like in the SmackDown vs Raw video game or or WWE 2K17 where you can do those OMG moments or stuff like that. We're just not getting them, getting those in um, WWE at least. I saw a uh, I saw an article, um, you know, that somebody had wrote, and they said, and this was this was before uh, Jinder Mahal actually became WWE champion. Um, they were on they were on the line that you know they thought that Randy Orton would keep the title for a while and Jinder Mahal would be you know probably chasing him for a little bit um so they they wrote this thinking that you know oh well you know they're just trying to make these network specials for WWE network a little bit more special but not so special that you know they're you know trying to uh you know, give you the best bang for your buck. You know, it's Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal, but, you know, who really thinks Jinder Mahal is going to win the title, you know, because here they are, you're you're paying nine ninety nine a month for every pay-per-view every month now. So they don't really have to put so much effort into the pay-per-view. Now, then it, it turned around where Jinder Mahal actually won the WWE title and proved that article wrong, you know. But... By the same token, I feel like that's what's happened to Raw on with their pay-per-views and, and with their booking and everything. They feel like they don't have to put much effort into Raw because it's the flagship show. Everybody's going to watch it regardless, you know. That's true. And that's a good thought. I feel like it's kind of like falling into a hole, really, you know. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's complacency, you know. Yeah. Vince thinks that, oh, oh. Once basketball gets done, then we'll find another excuse to blame low ratings, which who's really watching these NBA championships? Nobody, right? I mean, people are – at least I'm not. Well, you know, only basketball <laughs> fans. Yeah, well. People that work for basketball teams. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know, you want to watch a boring sport, go watch a boring sport, but I'm going to be watching wrestling anyway, so – uh, the only th- the only thing I hate about basketball is it takes forty five minutes to play the last two minutes of the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it seems like so much longer when you're sitting there working the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, any Man. anything else from Extreme Rules? You guys wanted to talk about? I thought the finish to the to the Fatal Five Away was pretty cool. You know, um, they got Finn over pretty cool. Uh, there at the end where, you know, Samoa Joe just snags him up and puts him in the clutch and he's, he's out, you know. Um, and he had, Finn had one up on on Reigns, you know. He was about to pin Reigns. So that, t- that kind of tells you they're trying to even the playing field out a little bit more to get these guys more exposure and, you know, make people think, hey, everybody's on a level playing field now. I love that Joe won, but... I'm worried and actually kind of scared because I'm pretty sure it's going to happen this way, but I hate that they're going to waste this feud on just a one and done. Well, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a one and it, done. They're not, it's, it, it may, or be, it may or may not be. The, I don't know. The end game is Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. 
that's going to happen. You can mark, write it down right now. And you know, the because they they got so many feuds I think lined up because they've got him. You know they're going to have Seth Rollins probably do some stuff with Larry. But the fact that Brock Lesnar is going to be holding this title and he's finally going to show up with it on Raw this next upcoming Monday, which the last time I think we saw Brock with the title on TV was you know, was what when he won it. I think so. I mean that's. I think so. I don't think. <laughs> I don't even know if he was on the Raw after WrestleMania. That is stupid. I hate that. I hate that the main title that everyone is supposed to be fighting for is nowhere to be seen. It kills that fucking title, in my opinion. It just kills it. Miz having the Intercontinental title makes it like the the premier title on 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 Raw, especially with what he's doing on social media uh, with. You know, touting about it pretty much every damn day, and uh, it's it's just ridiculous. And what yeah. do you think's going to happen with the uh, the Hardy Boys now? Now that they've lost the title, because I personally think that they're really worried that they're going to go the same route as the Dudleys did. You know, they come back, they're they get a push for the whole nostalgia act, and then they just slowly drift down the card and do nothing. I hope not, but maybe this, I don't know, maybe this is somehow how they we start getting broken mad. I mean, I think I want to say that they will, would like to see them as single stars, especially Jeff Hardy. I think they always liked him more as a single star than as a tag team wrestler. Oh, yeah. So maybe one of them gets sent to the other show. Uh, hell if I know. Who, who knows? The fact that they're not broken to come in with. I mean, I know Matt still does some of his broken gestures, but I want the full broken character to somehow happen in the WWE. I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else from extreme rules? I keep saying that. And then we talk about it. Some yeah. More. <laughs> um, really? You know, it's like you said, there, there really wasn't too much memorable stuff, you know, um, you did, it did kind of s- went, like everybody thought it was going to go, you know? <laughs> yeah, Sasha Bank didn't Sasha Banks and who was it, Cedric Alexander have kind of a – Rich Swan. Rich Swan uh, had a throwaway match with Noam Dar and Alicia Fox or something like that. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, and it ended and with them dancing. What it was. <laughs> yeah, just some throwaway match, and I don't even remember what was on the pre-show. Neville and Austin Aries, they finished out their series, didn't they? Yeah, that yeah, was an it awesome was a match. match. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was a good match, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go with Neville and Two Hundred Five Live, um, because I, you know, they're really, uh, they're really, uh, they're really struggling. I think with the cruiserweights, you know, it's there's nothing different about the cruiserweights. It's just guys working really good matches. Now, when you had the WCW cruiserweights back in the day, you know, these guys were flying through the air, doing flips and turns and twists and all that stuff. And now you're you're seeing that in heavyweight matches. Now you see guys flying around doing tope suicidas and stuff like that. It, it, so to me, you know, these you see those purple ropes and it's like, well, here we go. Here's just and I like those style of matches. Don't get me wrong. You know, I like the Dean Malenko. I like the workhorse matches, but it's not really uh, clicking, I think, with what they're trying to do with 205. It's because they toned them down after the, the Cruiserweight Classic. You know, that got you, you know, interested in the guys and the Cruiserweights. And, oh, yeah, you know, we we got these smaller guys that can do all the flips and the, the really fast pace and nonstop and all. But then as soon as they brought up to the main roster, they, you know, like you said, Dan, they've been throttled down and they're not allowed to do all those. The, the thing they're not allowed to do the things that the fans want to see. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's it. I think we can move on for ex- Oh, go ahead. To go them, ahead. it's like protecting an investment, you know, but at the same time, you know they're they're riding these guys, you know, five six days a week, you know, to go and do a live show, to go and do an NXT show, or to go and do a, a regular roster show, you know, and so it 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 you know, 
I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like ticked off at the fact that people like, oh, you know, Sasha Banks is injury prone, or you know, um, Tamina Snuka is injury prone, or you know, I'm just picking random people's names out of out of thin air, but you know. To say somebody's injury prone, but then you ride them five, six days a week to get in the ring and have matches constantly over and over again, you know, and here they've been going through the ringer for years, just trying to get to WWE and now WWE puts them through the ringer. So, you know, I hate, I hate, you know, when people like classify somebody's injury prone because it's like, well, you know, if you were doing, you know, two, maybe three matches a day and five and six cities a week. Yeah. I think your body would start falling apart on you too. <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's, I, I, I hate when somebody does that though, you know? And it, I, I think WWE does that a lot to their wrestlers. They've just ride them hard. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you just can't take it. And we're not going to, we're going to de push you, you know? And that's kind of the mode that Sasha's in right now. You know, because she's had a couple of injuries when they put the titles on her and she they put her in title feuds and stuff like that. She's had a couple of injuries, you know, but that's just the way the nature of the business is. So just like <clears throat> Dolph Ziggler. Yep. Just like Dolph. You know, they'll he'll he'll, you know, put himself through hell just to get all these different matches and he'll bump like a son of a gun. You know, and put these guys over and everything. But as soon as he gets a title and he gets an injury, up oh, we can't trust him. No, wait. What happened to the last you know five years? You've been building this guy. <laughs> you know. So. Uh, Best of the Super Juniors has concluded, and this year's winner in a in one of the greatest matches I think you can ever get a chance to see. Will Ospreay versus Kushida. Man, those guys tore it apart. And Kushida is your 2017 Best of the Super Junior winner, which means he's going to get a title shot against uh, Hiromu Tanahashi. I think that's how you say it. And, um, yeah, he is going to get to play, get to have a match with him again. And this time I'm sure the match is going to be a little more competitive other than that squash match they had. I don't know if it's going to be at Dominion or not, which is their next biggest show, but uh, I'm excited. I, I really love Kushida. I think he's a great worker. And him and Real, Will Ospreay are two of the best wrestlers in the world. And it was a great tournament because you got to see guys like Marty Skrull, El Desperado, Kushida, Bushi, ACH, you know, all these guys that really – love wrestling and are just so so damn awesome except for Taichi Taichi he's he's kind of annoying but that's neither here nor there uh, also Is there any update on Shibata uh he's probably never going to wrestle again i think i saw something today um he's never going to wrestle again but he may be end up being a, like a trainer or coach for new japan pro wrestling which damn. yeah that sucks man because i yeah Everyone, everyone that's been listening to this podcast recently knows that I'm a big, big, big Shibata fan. I think he puts on great matches, and he just he just knows how to whip ass, and that's just all he did. And now we'll probably never get to see him in a ring again. Uh, the, I think people that don't listen to the podcast know how big of a Shibata fan you are. <laughs> well, I made it my avatar on Skype at my work, so people want to. They, they're like, "Are you really some eight strong looking Asian dude?" Like, no, no, no I promise. <laughs> yes, that is me. Um, these past me. these past two weeks, we've had the return of Lucha Underground, and it has been really entertaining. Um, it started off uh, last week with an all night long match between the Mac. And Johnny Mundo and those guys, it was a um, said so it was all night long, so it's kind of like an Iron Man match. The one, the person who gets the most pinfalls or submissions, uh, in the and it was all show long. There's only one match. Will get um, is your winner, and it was tied three to three. The Mac, I mean, all, the hell had broken loose. Worldwide Underground was in there. Jack Evans and. And uh, Taya and PJ Black, or maybe Taya wasn't there, but PJ Black and Sexy Star and um, who is the guy? What uh, Matt Cross? Who is he in? Why can't I think of his name in Lucha Underground? Black Mask, motorcycle guy, big beard. 
Oh, um, Son of Havoc. That's it. Son of Havoc. Son of Havoc. Go. And uh, he came out to help him. I mean, it was this big brawl. Ten seconds left. The Mac hits uh, Mundo with a Stone Cold Stunner. And he's stumbling, he's stumbling. He gets the pin. And before the ref can count three, time expired and there was a tie. And Dario Cueto said, next week we're going to have – it's going to be continued and the next one to score a pinfall wins. And, of course, the Mac gets screwed over by Taya, who comes out and helps Johnny Mundo. And Johnny Mundo is still your Lucha Underground champion. They also announced the Cueto Cup, a tournament involving, I think, 32 luchadors uh, that is going to uh, – the winner will get a shot at um, – the Lucha Underground Championship and uh, uh, Matanza will not be in this uh, thing because he pissed off his brother. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's Lucha Underground's kind of picking up some steam. We saw a little bit of those um, scary luchador guys uh, in the Mike the Dragon and the Lizard guys from, you know, who I'm talking about. Yeah, with Cobra Moon, they had a three-way match, and they actually won with the help of Drago. They won the trios championship from Aerostar and Phoenix, and who's the other guy on their team? Why can't I think of his name right now? I gotta take better notes. Anyway, your new trio champions are (laughs) Cobra Moon and her lackeys, who Drago, who is under uh, the power of Cobra Moon, and. Yeah, Lucha Underground is back. I think these past two episodes have been really great. So if you have El Rey Network, I strongly recommend you check it out. If you have uh, Sling TV, you can watch it there. And not only that, El Rey, I think, is a fun network because during the day you get um, Knight Rider, you get Airwolf. You know, they're always showing Airwolf. they're always showing um, Kung Fu <laughs> movies. Stuff like that. I think El Rey's a fun network. Like, uh, I, you know, every so often you'll catch Enter the Dragon or you'll catch um, Mortal Kombat or shit like that. And then, you know, scary movies, which I can't watch. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think Lucha Underground is a fun network. Dan, how are you doing on Netflix with Lucha Underground? Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm still uh, you know, catching up to everything, but... Uh... I'm still only about halfway through season one. You know, oh, okay. I've fallen back. I've fallen behind. I should have. I should have caught up though. Uh, so I'm giving but, you a bunch uh, of damn you know, spoilers, aren't I? What's that? I'm giving you. I've been giving you a bunch of damn spoilers, haven't I? <laughs> well, I'm going to give you. You're I'll, fine. Wait, I'm going to give you more. Prince Puma is. Uh, he he was in a um, Grave Consequences match this season against Mil Mortez, which is a casket match. And he lost, and apparently his soul went to hell, and they brought it back, and now he's battling demons in his head or something like that. And Vampir- Ray was trying to snap him out of it, and Vampiro was there saying, hey, stay away from my student. And in a match with Mil Mertes, these guys had a very violent match. Vampiro hands Prince Puma a brick, and Prince Puma smashes it over the head of Mil Mertes. These guys kicked the shit out of each other. You could see whelps on the back of Mil Mertes for some of the shots he was taking. I mean, it's just very violent, very great match. Mil Mertes is such a monster. Have you, Dan? Have you gotten to where you've seen him on Lucha Underground? Uh, not yet. Not yet. You have not seen Mil Mertes yet. Big old dude in a mask. I'm, With, I'm getting to. I'm getting to him. I think. Okay. With Katrina, her his manager, and yeah, it's just. What I love. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I have seen that. Yeah, uh, I have seen him. Yeah, that dude. He, is he a, comes out in the old school pinstripe tights, doesn't he? At first, but uh, something's going to happen, and he's going to come back a little differently. Okay. <laughs> so just wait. But for yeah, it. that's a, that is a big dude. Yeah, as for a luchador too, he's a pretty damn big dude. He's a great wrestler and puts on, I think, entertaining matches and is not afraid to get a little physical in the ring. That's I love Lucha Underground. Everyone is a star and. It's just a very fun show to watch. Mike, where are you on Lucha Underground? Way, way behind. Okay. <laughs> do, do you have El Rey now? No, I don't have El Rey. Okay. Well, I guess I need so to not, not delete them off my DVR and you can watch it some over here. So, I think that is pretty... 
pretty much anything else you guys wanted to hit on. Dan, did you have any NDBA Smoky Mountain news you wanted to get to? Uh, no, they had a uh, well, yeah, a little bit, but uh, you know, not much. I don't, I wasn't at the last show. Uh, it was a benefit show. Um, it, I think it was benefiting the Patriot Foundation, and I think they raised about sixteen hundred dollars. Um, you know, they they did a pretty good job raising money and everything. So, uh, you know, kudos to, you know, Tony and uh, NWA Smoky Mountain for, uh, you know, throwing these benefit shows. They do they do a lot of benefit shows. They stay they stay active in the community, you know. And uh, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. It's not like any other benefit shows that I've seen around uh, the Mid South. Uh, I've I've actually seen, you know, money change hands in front of everybody. You know, they actually come out in front of everybody and they hand over the money in front of everybody to the people that they're having the benefit show for, you know, Um, and that happens every time over here. Um, So, I mean, it's it's pretty cool, you know, to to see, you know, wrestlers and wrestling be active in the community over here. You know, it's a it's a close knit family and, you know. As far as wrestling goes, it's it's a great company to work for over here, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what Billy Corgan's got in store for us. <laughs> yeah, has there been any news on uh, what that means for you guys? Not really. Um, there's there's like a hiccup in the buying process. There's some sort of copyright thing that. Um, that the previous NWA owner uh, did not renew last year or was behind on or something. So he's got to bring that up to date um, for the licensing and all that stuff to be able to go through. So I don't know if it's, I don't know how much, how critical that is in the whole deal process, uh, if it's a deal breaker or not. Uh, but it's definitely a large hiccup in the road uh, mm. as far as the buying process and everything. So it's it's something that lawyers and everybody are probably going to have to take care of. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, like I said, I'm really interested to see where it goes because uh, Corgan's got some money behind him. you know. And, and he seems and, to have, uh, as far as wrestling television goes, I think he he seems to have a good mind for it. I think he does too because, I mean, he grew up – you know, he he was he he grew up on uh, WWF Attitude Era and the WCW Monday Night Wars with WWE. So you know, he grew up and he grew up on uh, as a wrestling fan on all that. You know, same stuff we grew up on. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be pretty cool to see what Corgan winds up doing. You know, in the end, you know, I I, I don't know you know what it'll mean for all the promotions that have NWA names. Because there's a lot of them, um, right. so it's going to be difficult to say what happens with everybody. But you know, um, times are changing. <laughs> how do you li- how do you guys like what they decided to name the women's tournament that's coming up uh, in this this summer? Oh, that's awesome, the May Young. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the May Young Classic. I'm really excited. I think we're going to see some premier women's wrestling. That's, they have so many talented people that are probably going to be involved this tournament including uh former guests of the show amazon andrea uh you've got ruby mm-hmm. riot you've got uh nikki cross uh you got i think somebody said uh lita was gonna try to make an appearance maybe I, I think she's gonna be calling it if i had to guess she's probably yeah, gonna I think be she's ca- calling it she's gonna be calling okay. that tournament so um yeah unless who who knows what other independent wrestlers we may see brought in for this you know of course they all they have a good relationship with leva bates uh blue pants um you know maybe some raw women will show up like this is something i could see them bringing mickey james in back in for for this tournament just to give them a vet name for it so it's just it's really it's going to be i think it's going to be a fun tournament and i can't wait to watch it so i'd love to see victoria brought back oh yeah i'd love that too is there talk that she may be coming back for it? Not that I've heard. Okay. But she's just on my wish list. <laughs> I think it's time. Uh, you know, Gail Kim, uh, is she still a TNA? Yeah, th- she's an impact. I actually me. just saw something on her, you know, a couple of days ago. She doesn't actually currently have a contract with TNA, but she said she has one in hand and she's not going to go anywhere else. I mean, she, she said TNA is her home. 
Okay. Well, if they could somehow get her away from that, I think that'd be fun to cut to see her come back in. Um, and there's just so many uh, sassy Steffi. I would like to see get into this tournament. You know, Cheyenne, the great Cheyenne. Yeah. Uh, that would be a hell. I think that'd be a hell of addition and be something totally different from any other woman you're going to see in that tournament. Absolutely. So, <laughs> have uh, her come out with her little, uh, I forgot what she called them, but her minions, I'll call them. Yeah, her, uh, her slaves, you know, I think is what she called them. Yeah, her slaves. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to the owner and operator of Committed to Wrestling, a new up-and-coming wrestling promotion here in Memphis, Tennessee. Stick around. This is the Oversell. <laughs> Welcome back to the Oversell Podcasting. Think it's time. Yep, I think it's time. It's time for a little bit of wrestling trivia. Can you feel it, sir? It's time for a little bit of it is time it is time it's been a while it's time for a little bit of wrestling trivia and dan is our trivia host this week dan i'm handing the show over to you all right well, uh, I've just got multiple choice like I always do because I feel bad just throwing you guys out there with nothing to pick from, you know. So, um, got my horseman trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I told you the answer. <laughs> yeah, I told you the answer, sucker. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, this is all four horsemen trivia. Um, you know, from their, uh, from their origins, you know, and uh, everything to just about, uh, you know, just little details and everything throughout the uh, the horseman's uh, reign of terror, as we like to say, or reign over the wrestling world here. So I've got about 10 questions. Uh, so um, let's see. We only got two people, right? Derek for winning. Yep, just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll do. I'll just split it down even. We'll do five questions apiece. Okay. And uh, let's see here. Let me get something to write with right quick. <laughs> I'm all kinds of organized here today. <clears throat> all right. All right. Question one. Uh, let's see here. All right. Derek, in April... 1988, Barry Windham, a longtime fan favorite, joined the Horsemen for the first time to the disgust of friends and fans. In order to cement his status, Barry turned on one of his allies during a tag team match. Who was his ally? Was it Sting? Was it Lex Luger? Was it Dr. Death Steve Williams? Or was it Nikita Koloff? I'm going to go with Dr. Death Steve Williams. Uh, that is wrong. It was Lex Luger. Shit. Fantastic <laughs> start already. All right. Mike, in May of 1993, on Ric Flair's television segment of Flair for the Gold, founding members Flair and the Andersons had been teasing a horseman reunion for a while. What the fans had expected and what they got was a different thing. Who was the final horseman revealed on this night? Was it the Honky Tonk Man? Was it Haku? Was it Pretty Paul Roma? Or was it the One Man Gang? I'm going to go with Roma. That's That would be correct. Guess. I can guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, the four horsemen, this is for Derek, 
more or less came to pass in January 1986 when Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, and the Andersons had to share an interview during which one of the four made a reference to the famed Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Who made this legendary comment? Was it Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, or Tully Blanchard? I'm going to go with Ole. It was Arn. Damn it. Uh, okay, Mike's got Mike's got one. You got zero, Derek. Yep. <laughs> oh man, there's going to be some New Japan trivia coming from straight up my rear end. <laughs> I know that. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Mike. The group, which many consider the finest, included Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, Tully Blanchard, and of course J.J. Dillon as the manager. The reason why they are considered the best is because in addition to their considerable talents, they also held titles simultaneously. Which of the following wrestlers are matched with the wrong championship? Ric Flair with the NWA heavyweight title. Arn Anderson with the NWA television title, Barry Windham with the NWA United States title, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with the NWA tag team titles. Uh, I'm going to say Arn Anderson is a TV title. That is correct. Fucking shit. Hell yeah, I can guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, nothing lasts forever, and wrestling careers are no exception, as Arn Anderson was forced into an early retirement in August of 1997 due to injury. This is for Derek. In Anderson's heartfelt retirement speech on Nitro, Arn handpicked his successor to carry on the mantle of the enforcer for the quartet. Who was the famous wrestler who filled the role, albeit very briefly? Was it Kurt Henning? Was it Rick Rude? Was it Larry Zbysko? Or was it Brett the Hitman Hart? If I remember correctly, it was Kurt Hennig, and then he turned on the uh, on the Four Horsemen and joined the NWO. That's 100% correct. And, and I, I might even give you <laughs> half a point for telling you the whole storyline. Mainly, <laughs> I, I mainly remember that because the NWO also did a spoof where... Uh, someone was, you know, they were doing the characters, and it would You're giving be, me my spot. It would be <laughs> my honor, and did a big old exaggerated handshake. Yeah, that was not a guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the original quartet. This is for Mike. The original quartet of Flair, Blanchard, and the Andersons were known for their gang style tactics on many of the NWA's fan favorites of the era, which naturally resulted in many, many injuries to some stars. Which of the following injuries can the horsemen not claim ownership of? Ricky Morton's broken nose, Ronnie Garvin's broken hand, Nikita Koloff's neck injury, or Dusty Rhodes' re-injured leg? Nikita Koloff. Damn, Mike. You're on fire, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see here. All right, Derek. In late 1989, Flair and the Andersons reformed a group with this mega, mega popular star of the NWA WCW late 80s through mid 90s era. The inclusion of this star in the faction marked the first time that the group were billed as fan favorites. It did not last long. Who was the superstar? Paul Orndorff, Ricky Steamboat, Rick Steiner, or Sting? Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with Sting. You are correct. Oh, sweet. He was a horseman for a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Mike has three. Derek, you got 
Sweet. <laughs> that gave you half a point for remembering that whole storyline with uh, Kurt Henning. All right. Uh, Mike, in July 1987 at the Great American Bash, one of the all-time greatest gimmick matches, the War Games, the match from beyond, was introduced. During the bout, the Road Warriors legitimately injured Dylan's shoulder, and thus he couldn't compete in the rematch at the conclusion of the bash. A hulking masked man called the War Machine took his place. Who was the man under the mask who was a horseman a horseman affiliate for one card? Was it Big Bubba Rogers? Was it One Man Gang? Was it King Kong Bundy, or was it Kamala? Big Bubba. Big Bubba. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, Mike heard I was doing horseman trivia, and he's been watching all the horseman stuff from 1980. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Derek. Hold on, hold on. I seem to have lost. Hold on. I, my headphones are getting all jacked up here. Now I can hear you. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, by January 1989, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon had all departed for the WWF, leaving just Ric Flair and Barry Windham. Briefly, the group was going to continue with legendary Hiro Matsuda as manager and two more men filling the Anderson and Blanchard roles. Who were these men that never made it to the actual Horseman roster in early 1989? Was it Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy? Was it Hacksaw Butch Reed and Bob Orton Jr.? Was it Dick Slater and Dick Murdoch? Or was it Dory and Terry Funk? Uh, I'm going to go with Dick Murdoch and whoever else. Dick Murdoch and Dick <laughs> Slater? Yep. That is incorrect. It was going to be Hacksaw Butch Reed and Bob Orton Jr. I actually, I took this test and I got this wrong too because I put down Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. <clears throat> so Mike has four and you have two and a half. Okay. So why don't we make the last question for all the marbles? One last stab here. And, uh, let me see here. <clears throat> All right. Like I said earlier, some incarnations have been great and some have been flops. Some have had fan appeal and not the full support of the wrestlers within the actual horseman grouping. One such group included veteran members Ric Flair, Barry Windham, Arn Anderson, with Ole serving as a manager. The fourth man was a rising talent who was prone to violent outbursts. Who was it? Was it Sid Vicious, Stan Hansen, Lex Luger, or Bruiser Brody? And I'll take answers from either one of you guys, and I'll tell you if you're right after I have both answers. <laughs> Uh, violent outbursts. I mean, when you say that, I can only I can only go with Sid. Okay. I'll go Bruiser Brody. All right. Derek, you are correct. It is Sid. Hell yeah. So what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, let's see. We make it for all the marbles. We'll just double your points. And uh, you have 4.5. You win by half a point. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Dan, Dan, Dan. Your professional wrestling brain. So I had two and a half points, right? Yeah. And I doubled them? You doubled them. That's five. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet! Yeah, I win. You, you said it. I got yeah. professional wrestling brain. What can I say? <laughs> math, math was never your strong suit. Math was never strong. Let's do a quick wrestling moment, and then we'll get our superstar of the week and get out of here. Uh, we are going to, it is June 1st, 1981, 
8 p.m. bell time at the Mid-South Coliseum. Roger Howell, I think that's what that says. Roger Howell (laughs) versus Sonny King. Jim Dalton versus Plowboy Frazier. Coco Ware versus Tojo Yamamoto. Mr. Mr. Onita. Mosa Fuchi with Tojo Yamamoto versus Tim Leonard and Chief Thundercloud. Golden Boy, not Greg Anthony, Chick Donovan versus Roy Rogers. <laughs> Bill Dundee versus Stan Lane and Kevin Sullivan, Wayne Ferris, and the Nightmares with Jimmy, Cart- Jimmy Hart versus Bill Dundee, the Dream Machine, Dutch Mantel, and Jerry Lawler. Bill Dundee wins the belt. <clears throat> Bill Dundee whips Stan Lane to earn the U.S. Junior Heavyweight Wrestling Championship and last night's feature bout at the Coliseum. In other matches, Sonny King stopped Buddy Wayne. Plowboy Frazier buried Jim Dalton. Coco Ware defeated Tojo Yamamoto. Mr. Onita and Masafuchi handed team handled team Tim Leonard and Chief Thundercloud. The Chief Thundercloud. Roy Rogers pulled the trigger on Chick Donovan and Dutch Mantel, Jerry Lawler, and the Dream Machine teamed up to whip Kevin Wayne, Kevin Sullivan, Wayne Ferris, and the Nightmares. That is your Memphis wrestling moment. As we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, guys, Ashy, who is your Superstar of the Week? I'm going to go with Joe. Samoa Joe. Okay. Mike. Number one contender, man. I am excited to see this match. I, 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 you know, I'm with everybody else. I know what the outcome is going to be, but I'm excited to see Joe take on, you know, Lesnar and see what kind of psychology this match is actually going to have. Okay. Mike? I'm going with Samoa Joe just because of what he did to Paul Heyman. Yep. I loved that whole segment and when he when he actually like backed Heyman into the corner and you know the, the camera was close enough where you could still hear Joe even though he didn't have the mic just how he told him. He's like, you know, I'm going to wrap my arms around your neck. You're going to feel the tightening and just went step by step and everything that he was going to do to him and then he did it. I'm going yeah, – go ahead. No, go ahead, Dan. I can guarantee you Heyman produced that that segment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very well done. Very well done. <laughs> I am going to go with the Mac. Uh, he is the underdog we all need in professional wrestling, and him and Johnny Mundo these past two weeks on Lucha Underground have killed it. That is it for this week. Be sure you are following us on Twitter. We're at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com, slash Oversell Podcast. You can follow me at Derek, D-E-R-I-C-K-O-V-E-R-S-E-L-L. I am at One Dangerous Dan, and I'm on Facebook, Dangerous Dan Matthews. At WolfMike23. Also, be sure to head over to www.oversellpod.com. That is the website. and Check out the Amazon link right underneath the main player on the front page and check it out. You're going to shop on Amazon anyway. Why not help your podcast do it by shopping there? We just get a small kickback on anything that is sold through that link. There's no extra fees or hidden fees or anything like that. It's just you shopping on Amazon like you normally would. Also, the easiest way to get to this podcast is to subscribe on iTunes and wherever podcasts are available. So be sure you do that. While you're there on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Check out the comments. Uh, Let me actually – I haven't checked iTunes in a while. Let me see if we have any reviews here. Uh, and I'll read them. Let's see. Search. Careful. <laughs> I don't. Hey, even if they said we suck balls or something like that, it's still a review. <laughs> Let's see. It means somebody listened. Let's see. Reviews. Somebody's listening. Uh-huh. Nope. No new reviews yet, but leave us those review folks on iTunes, and I we will read them on the air. Folks, thank you for listening. This has been the Oversell Podcast! Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.